this morning, the message will be a bit shorter because it's a family-style service. We understand that uh, there are children in here, so I've cut down the message from an hour and a half to just an hour. And so, <laughs> not really at all. My kids are sitting right in the front, and I know I wouldn't be able to preach that long in front of them. I want to share something with you. Um, this is a great time for us to pause. Uh, many of you this year have probably gone through heartache, heartache of different sorts. Sometimes Christmas for people, it's not always a time of joy, but sometimes it's a time of remembering the things that we have lost or the things that have been broken this past year. Sometimes we come into Christmas carrying a weight of shame or guilt or regret or hopelessness. I want to share a story with you that I feel like really puts the heart of Jesus before us today. It's one of my favorite stories because personally, I've always dealt with guilt, regret, and shame. It was just instilled in me from a really early age. And so anytime I fell in any area of my life, it takes me a long time to get over it. I beat myself up. I'm discouraged. I carry the regret. I carry the shame. And I know that what the Bible says. I know he forgives us, but sometimes I don't always live that way. I live with a different weight. There's a story in John chapter 8 that just reveals the heart of Jesus. And I want to share this with you because my desire is that through this biblical truth, you're able to see who Jesus is. I don't know what you think about Jesus or your perception of him. For me, uh, before I was going to church, I was an atheist and then I was agnostic. And then I always thought that Jesus was just ready to punish me. That anytime I did something wrong, that his mighty fist was going to come down on me heavy. I was afraid of him. I was, I was fearful and it wasn't a healthy fear. It was, I was terrified of him. I didn't know him for his love and for who he was. In John chapter 8, um, there's a group of people that come to Jesus. They're called the Pharisees. The Pharisees love to keep the law. I have four children and I have two law keepers. If you do anything wrong around them, they will call you out. All right. There's no happily sitting in my house at all. All right. They'll let you know about it. In this, this parable, uh, this story, excuse me, there were the Pharisees. The Pharisees loved the law, but they kept the rules. And their relationship with God was based off of how many rules they can keep. If they kept a lot of rules, they felt like God was happy with them. If they broke the rules, they felt like you should have been punished for it and God's fist was going to come down on you. One day, Jesus is teaching in John chapter 8, and they, they bring this woman to Jesus. This woman was caught in sin. And so they publicly shamed her. And as you can imagine, if you've ever fallen in sin, which we all have, and we've all done something you're not proud of, you're beating yourself up with this shame and regret, and you can't believe you've made these decisions. She had that on her to add to the people bringing her before Jesus out in the public. She was humiliated. She was filled with shame. And they were saying this, Jesus, the law says because she has sinned, she should be stoned to death. She needs to pay for her sin. She needs to pay for it. She just can't get away with it. And they were so, they had this, this righteous anger about them. So they thought, they thought something needs to happen to this woman. She cannot just freely get away with her sin. She needs to pay the price for the wrong that she has done. So they bring her and said, Jesus, the law says, and they're testing the heart of who Jesus is. They said, the law of Moses says that she should be stoned. What do you say? And Jesus, looking at the crowd and looking at these people who were saying, stone her, stone her, stone her, follow the law, follow the law. Jesus um, puts a, a circle in the dirt. And then I'm paraphrasing, but he says this. Uh, if there's anyone here 
that has never sinned, you can be the first to cast the stone. In other words, he is saying, hey, all of you pointing the finger at this person that has failed greatly. If you have never failed, pick up the stone and begin stoning her. So they sat there and you can imagine they started going through their own junk. And the scripture says one by one, they walked away. One by one, they walked away. Everybody who was accusing her had no power to condemn her. Everyone that was accusing her had no power to condemn her. When everybody walked away, it was just her and Jesus. And as if you can imagine, she was filled with this shame. Everybody knew that she failed. Everybody knew that she was a failure. If they had social media during this time, you better believe people would have posted it. And it would have probably been the Christians that would have posted it. And so here she is standing before Jesus, probably questioning what kind of worth she has and what kind of future she has. She was hopeless, broken, and discouraged. And I love this. Listen to the heart of Jesus. Listen, what he's about to say was true then and it's true today for you and for me. If you're in this place and you know what it feels like to deal with this guilt and, and shame and regret and you're hopeless, let me give you hope. You, you are not alone. Jesus sees this woman and he tells her that her sins are forgiven and to go and sin no more. I want you to think about this. He says, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. Meaning, I forgive you. They don't have the power to condemn you. I have the power to set you free of no matter what you have done. You are set free. Now go and change your life. Repent. Live differently. Then he makes this statement. Everybody is standing there thinking, who does this guy think he is? How does he think he has the power to forgive someone? She should be stoned. But I want to give you a picture of the gospel in that story. The picture is this, that one day every single person in this room, everybody, is what the Bible says. We will meet God in heaven. We will meet God in heaven. And it would only be through Jesus that you won't have to pay the penalty of your sin. It's almost as if the, the enemy has these stones ready to stone you for your sin. And Jesus has stepped in and said, I will take their punishment on me. And he tells us when you believe in him, he sets you free. Everybody is in this moment thinking, why does he think he has the power to forgive people? He's making them right with God, but they're not following the law and the rules. How is this possible? And Jesus says this statement, John chapter 8, verse 12. He says this very powerful phrase, I am the light of the world. Then listen to what he says. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. This word light, by the way, is used over 200 times from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The first time we see this word light in Hebrew is in Genesis chapter 1. What does God say? Let there be. But in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says that the earth was empty and void. It's not till later on that God put the moon and the sun and the stars in place, which gives us natural light. So I was curious, if it's not till later on that he actually gave us the, the things that give us light, 
What does this word in verse 3, light, mean? So in the Hebrew, watch this, this is really neat. Verse 2, it says that the earth was empty and without form. It was void. In verse 3, he says, let there be light. When you study that word light in the Hebrew, it means to give order to something that is chaotic. Which means when Jesus says in the Greek, in John chapter 8, I am the light of the world. Here is what he is saying. I have come to give order to this dark, broken, and chaotic world. So when Jesus says that he is the light, what he does is take, he takes the broken, chaotic, hopeless soul. And he gives it hope, and he gives it order, and he gives it life. And he says, those who follow me will experience the light, what it means to have order for your soul, what it means to have peace, and you experience true life. So when Jesus says, all these people are saying, stone her, and he steps up and says, you're forgiven. I bring order. I bring hope. And it's only through me that you will find it. So when we celebrate today, we celebrate that fact. I celebrate as a pastor, as a man of God, that because of my sins, I should be stoned. But because of Christ, I've been set free. That is why we celebrate today. So, if you're standing before Jesus, and all you have is your brokenness and sin, there is great news. He is the light of the world. It is only through Jesus Christ that you will find the forgiveness of your sins. It is only through Jesus that you will find true hope. So if your life is chaotic today, if your soul is in misery, great news for you today. You can be the greatest sinner in the room. But as long as you meet the greatest Savior, he will set you free. He will set you free.